and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast, the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. I'm Gavin, and thank you for joining us this evening. We have a wonderful show coming up for you guys. We will be talking about the archetypal cure song. Yes, Chaz and Antonio will join me shortly for a wonderful conversation where we really hashed it all out. We got into the weeds, into the thick of it. What is the archetypal cure song? What could that possibly mean? Who knows? So stick around. You're going to love it. And uh, I want to kick this episode off with a quick shout out to our Patreon crew. We haven't put these guys up front and center in a while. So I would love for you guys to check out Patreon.com, the Holy Hour podcast. See if, if what we have over there is appealing to you. Because we'd love to have you on board and join these wonderful people. So Donna, Craig, Jeff Hilton, Jeff Cortland Jones, Sue, Ben, John, Alan, Allison, Dion, Amicio, Matt, Danny, Coulter, Matt Ford, Tom Johnson, Tom Burns, Letty, John Roberts, Francisco, Jason, Craig Bellinger, Amber, Nicholas, Jessica, Tim, Scott, Dana, Lisa, and Kate. Thank you all so much. You're very wonderful and kind people. Your support of the show goes a long way and uh, means the world. Please stick around at the end of the episode. I'll read you some recommendations and promotions from our Patreon members and uh, some really cool stuff that you'll want to check out. So thank you so much, Patreon crew. Love you guys. And uh, feel free to join the party if you're interested, everyone else out there. And since we have a moment here before the episode starts, I'm going to kick this one off with a Cure origin story that was sent in to me back in July of this year. And uh, it's a really cool story. It was typed up and sent in, and I was hoping to stockpile a bunch of origin stories so I could put them all together in a nice bundle for you guys. But this one's too good. I don't want to just keep sitting and waiting on other ones to, to come in. So I figured I'd kind of wet our cure whistle here and get you pumped up for the episode with a cool origin story. And this one is from Rian, and she is a younger cure fan, but recently had two extremely awesome interactions. So this is how it all started for her. I was barely in the womb at the time Blood Flowers was released, but treasured nonetheless. I became a fan around the age 16 or 17, so that would be around 2017, and wanted to see them live ever since then, and finally, in 2022, it happened. Twice. I have a bit of a funny origin story. When I was in high school as a freshman, I used to love this band who had a song called Boy Don't Cry, one letter off of the iconic Cure song. So often, I'd type into YouTube and get this Cure song instead. But I didn't care because I liked it. Two to three years later, junior year, one of my favorite teachers used to play oldies music during class change. One time, he played a forest, and my angsty teen self got transported to another planet. Whose magical voice was this, and what kind of music was this? I'd never been so moved before. I had to know, so I cornered him after class and asked, what is this song that you played earlier with a beautiful intro about being lost in a forest alone? He told me I should listen to The Cure.
that was an understatement. It got to the point where he'd refer to me as the smart-ass millennial who likes The Cure. Later, I realized it was the same band who had made the Boys Don't Cry song that I liked at age 14. My college dual degree program requires a mandatory year in Europe, and my turn was in 2022-2023. I was really hoping I'd be able to see them live in Europe, and to be honest, that was a huge part of the reason I did that particular program. I'm glad I did, because my whole ridiculous ploy worked better than I could have ever imagined. The Two Interactions Part 1, Munich First Cure Show ever. Just a few days after my 22nd birthday, Robert looked questioningly at me during Alone's intro. Probably because I looked like the only kid there. Reeves, Simon, Perry, and Bob saw and smiled at me multiple times during the show. And then, during Plain Song, Robert was prowling the stage and something possessed me to blow kisses at him. What does Bob do? He looks at me, blushes a little, smiles, catches the kisses, and puts it to his heart and smiles at me again. I almost died. The legend chose to interact with me. So fucking sweet of him. I tried to scream thank you for the best birthday present ever, but he couldn't hear me so well. So I smiled and blew another kiss, hoping he got it. It was some sort of love message. After that, I noticed he smiled at me more during the show. Simon looked amused watching me dance like a weirdo. Interaction number two was in Stuttgart. So I was very excited, and I actually made Robert a little bunny and a note to throw on stage during a song with a long intro. During Alone, I was cheering and blowing kisses and waving the bunny, and Robert recognizes me. He starts prowling the stage again and stops right in front of us. He's looking at us and waving his finger and points directly at me and gives me a cute little wave and smiles and says really softly, Hey, I remember you. In response to me blowing those kisses. I almost died. The iconic legend recognized me. Reeves and Simon also kept smiling at me. Simon looked amused watching me dance like a lunatic again. Unfortunately, I missed my opportunity during some of the other long intro songs and was starting to get a little bit desperate. So during Close to Me, I threw the present right at Robert as he turned around while dancing. Robert danced at me then too, and he was so stinking cute. Perry saw me throw it and he picked it up after the show and opened it up and started reading. His face was stone cold serious the whole show, but when he read my letter, his face changed to a smile. These interactions were so unexpected. I was happy to be in the same room as them, and I was happy I made the front row both times. But they were so much more special than any autograph or selfie. I don't want to harass or annoy them in public, but they chose to interact with me in this case. Ugh. These were especially so sweet because all I wanted for the past six years was to see The Cure live, and honestly, I didn't even care if my ticket was in the very, very back row or what. I just wanted to be in the same room as them and experience one of their magical concerts, and the experience ends up being way more than I could have ever asked for. 
I was just so happy. These are literally my most treasured memories now. They played a lot of my favorite songs at both shows and honestly it felt like they knew I was coming. I don't like to be the fan that compares experiences because they're all so special, but I do sometimes wonder, like, what if I did get to see them for two seconds and snap a selfie with one of them, or got an autograph, or maybe I'm lucky enough to get the chance to see them 800 times, but I think I'd rather have fewer, more treasured experiences than a bunch that just fade into a blur in my head. Alright, I totally agree, and thank you so much, Rian, for the double whammy there. Not only a wonderful origin tale, but two interactions with the band. How cool is that? And two of the songs that you happen to mention bridge the gap of our most recent episode with Close to Me into the conversation we're about to have now. The most archetypal Cure song. Let's dive on in. Chaz and Antonio, all together again. Hello, fellas. Hello. Howdy. Uh, We got some real good cure topics to discuss with you guys today. We hope everyone's doing good out there. And um, as we settle down from Chicago and gear up for South America, we figured um, we'd talk about this article that's been floating around out there. Chaz sent that over a few days ago. And um, it's funny, since then... I've been seeing more of these. It's a from Far Out magazine online, and they're, mm. they're like these little articles that have been like popping up. Usually, a lot of people just post them in like the Cure Facebook groups or something. And uh, it's the one that we kind of referred to in the Close to Me episode, and um, just thumbing through stuff before we even called the each other up today. I saw there was a new one about Let's Go to Bed on there. So they usually just take like some really old topic of the cure and kind of rehash it and pull a few quotes from here and there. Like I said, last time it almost feels a little clickbaity because they're just real short to the point kind of, they usually have some kind of like really shocking sounding title. Like Robert Smith says, this is the end. And then it's like some article yeah. from 1989 <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> what was the love cats one? Oh, uh, let's go to bed. was the new one. Or let's or, go to bed. I'm sorry. It was something like the song, <laughs> Robert Ro- Smith yeah, wrote to to lose to cure lose fans, fans. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like he deliberately, yeah, or something like that, you know. Or it's like, well, yeah, from a certain point of view, maybe. But, and uh, so, yeah, they're kind of out there. But I, if you go to the actual web page, it's not like there isn't like a picture of Robert Smith anywhere. So it's not like it's an all like eighties new wave. Just yeah, yeah, highlights it. It's all yeah. It's like movie yeah. articles. Oh, or, or I think my favorite headline that I saw in one of the articles, and I was like, I'll, I'll read that later. Is the cure decision that fucking killed Robert Smith? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I know. Was it like, Gitarino Lol? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just something. Yeah, it was just well, like, you know. I mean, the 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 uh, the website is called Far Out. Yeah. So, so there you yeah. go. And, you know, I didn't want to totally bash them because they're still fun to read. You know, and it's no, not no, like for it's, sure. It's just, so it's, it's gonna. But yeah, it is a little bit like, huh? Okay, you know, and that's sort of where this one led to. Where uh, when Chad said it over, I was like, okay, because on the surface, there's like a billion different ways you can look at it too and um 
And yeah, it just drops like some quote. Like we said, it's like from some other article, some other interview. They combine a few. And then even more weird, I think, is that when I started typing up thoughts on this one that we'll dive into in a second, I promise, um, <laughs> that uh, I saw like almost in an identical same kind of website with the same article but they just like had rearranged all the words almost like a bot kind really? of AI thing or mm. something. Yeah. It, it wasn't connected to far out at all. So I don't know if this That's other weird. one just totally snagged it from them and reworded it. But it, I was like, huh. And I had it written up like kind of a response to that, but that just got kind of, end of a weird criticism on shitty journalism. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. nobody needs that word. <laughs> but it was just odd because it was like, it was the close to me one where it was like the same fucking article pretty much. Yeah. Of just how close to me almost got left off the album was that article. And it was like, why would two people, it had like a current date and like a an author's name. So somebody supposedly wrote it, but you know, you could just plug something in if it was AI bots or something. I didn't want to get too conspiracy yeah. theory on it or what. But at the same time, it was just weird. I was yeah. like, all right. So maybe we should just dive into this article because it has a big reveal. The uh, the title of it is The Archetypal Cure Sound. Or it's like, I think yeah. the name of the article was something like Robert Smith this declares this song is has the archetypal cure sound. So you're like, fuck, what could that be? If you really think about it, it's pretty obvious right on the top. But at the same time, could be anything. What is he that passionate about? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, what do you say? I'll read part of the article. I'll, I'll skim it here and summarize for everybody. But we're, we'll all be on the same page here. Basically, it starts off written by Amy Ferrier, is who's credited anyway. <laughs> uh, August 14th, 2023. And the first paragraph just kind of talks about punk leading into post-punk. The second paragraph just kind of introduces the cure, saying that they emerged in this time and starts listing some of their early albums. But then it gets into the article. It says, while writing 17 seconds, Robert and bassist Michael Dempsey found themselves butting heads over new ideas for the band, leading the latter to leave. I think the final straw came when I played Michael the demos of the next album, and he hated them. He wanted <laughs> us to be XTC Part 2, and if anything, I wanted us to be the Banshees Part 2, so he left, <laughs> explained the front man during an interview in a much better interview with Uncut Magazine. <laughs> the album took inspiration from folk artists like Nick Drake, Leonard Cohen, while also honing a gothic sound, which the Cure soon became known for. The fantastic album contains several of the band's best songs, including Play For Today and A Forest, with the latter becoming their first entry into the UK singles chart top 40. And the big reveal, what song do you think he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we won't build Damn. up too, too much suspense yeah a yeah. forest with its iconic build-up into <laughs> one of the band's most recognizable guitar riffs and driving bass line is the cure's most played song of all time having performed it 1180 times Plus one last weekend, in, or last whenever in Chicago, <laughs> a few years ago. Smith also considers the track one of his favorites, discussing its importance with the Chicago Tribune in a much longer, better article. He referred to the song as possessing the archetypal cure sound. 
Smith added, it was probably the turning point when people started listening to the group and thinking we could achieve something, including me. Uh, it's co-produced co by Mike Hedges. The song represents a significant turning point for the band. The producer explained, we wanted to be quite ornate. It ended up being the most produced track on the album. To me, it always sounded like a single. We all thought it was an amazing song. I love the guitar line, but we also figured it would take a bit more work than the others. End of the article. Well, there you go. <laughs> Lots to unpack. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, first, I loved it. Um, you know, the big turning point for the band. People really started taking them seriously. Finally, with that first single off their second album. You know, one full year into their career. You know, it was a yeah, long, yeah. hard road for the carry. You know, <laughs> those guys really had, <laughs> yeah. to, really had to work for it. You know. Yeah. To me, meanwhile, some bands are like around for ten years before they have their first single. <laughs> Right, even, know, like, even acknowledged yeah 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 <laughs> so, so yeah pretty funny but um yeah i don't know did um were you guys expecting a different song by any means well no well i mean i already knew what song it was when i read because i read it and yeah. sent it to you because i was just like uh let's see what they have to say and did it say you know, a forest in the original headline, like right off the bat? No, I like, just clicked on it, and yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. like, I got to see what this is all about. And yeah, but were you expecting when you clicked on it, did you expect it to be a different song, or do you got to... I it? expected it to be Boys Don't Cry right. when I first yeah. clicked on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's like, even though they've played a forest the most times... On most of the streaming services, when you look at the most played Cure song, it's usually Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. And A Forest is usually not even in the top five. Like, yeah, was, it is. I went and checked that out. I was like, hmm. It is on the surface like that or just like Heaven or, you know, like one of the ones that would be like the big obvious. But then when you think about it, too, like especially with like any of these journalistic things at the top of list, it has been like numerous times where they always put like a forest as the number one just to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a little yeah. bit. You didn't remember that one, did you? You know, and everyone's like, OK, I guess that's the greatest cure song of all time. And um, well, even the fan poll. Yeah. Remember, they, remember it, that one? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, that? They, they ranked. Uh, a forest number one, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If so. I remember right, because yeah, we kind of lightly touched on that too. We're like, well, I guess it it is, you know. And that's what's weird about this article. Like, I initially, all the the, the weeks leading up to this, even had kind of misread it or thought that he was saying the archetypal cure song. And it is a kind of a difference between the song and the sound. I think depending on how nerdy you get with it you know because it's like by archetypal of course uh, the original pattern or model of which all things of the same type are representations or copies so like a prototype yeah. so in that regard you know and i never would question robert smith's word choice but it is kind of more like, <laughs> like do you think the song is like representative the most uh like a prototype for every Cure song. I don't know if I'd agree with, but maybe the prototype for every sound of a Cure song is kind of in there. So, so yeah, get I mean, when, when you think about it, and it's it's like, you know, we've had this discussion and it's it's the one that always gets rated top. But when you like, when you look at Disintegration, you know, you could definitely see like, and you listen to Disintegration, 
A Forest is definitely one of those songs <clears throat> that you can almost take that song and like put it on that record. Yeah. It really, you know what I mean? Like it definitely was a, a pullback to that feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, and, and it was that defining album that mixed everything for them. And A Forest kind of mixed it a little bit because although it's like dark and gloomy, the again the guitar and the bass riffs are so fucking catchy that yeah. it's also catchy right in, in that way because it's like it gets stuck in your head you can dance to it you know like yeah, yeah, so yeah. i i, I kind of see what he's saying where it's like it, it's dark it's this it's that it's it, it i think it has it, it was their earliest song that had the little bits of elements of everything that would be them moving forward. Right, it kind of cuts you know, the like difference. I, I can, I can see where he, what he was trying to say. Yeah. I don't know if that word is the exact right word, <laughs> right. but is there a word for it? Yeah, so it's that's like whatever, you know. Because yeah, if you are talking specific sound, you know, like you're saying, it is moody, but it is still catchy enough. You know, it has all those elements that like stuff from Three Imaginary Boys didn't have necessarily. Um, you know, and the fact that it was like yeah. the early kind of prototype helps, you know, you can't have your prototype song being like 10 years into your career or something really, you know? So it's, yeah. 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 So and then you, when you think about the driving baselines of the song disintegration of, you know, fascination street of, you know, you could probably yeah. go on and on about like from a underlining bass standpoint, there is a a very distinguished thing that is the cure in that song that right. does translate throughout their career, you know? True, true. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that as far, so you have a three piece, which is probably like the most minimum amount you can get. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a building block right there. But I think you have two different veins that the cure kind of run in. And that's the, the sad melancholy, kind of sound and then you have the poppy or stuff so you know i think that if you're going to go with that i would probably say boys don't cry would probably be the poppier archetypal sound yeah that i think got them the most sales yeah you know yeah uh but I think the the sound of a forest got them their most fans yeah it is crazy like you're saying with the with the full ends of the spectrum if you really look at I guess that's how you would measure it, right? It would be that the archetypal song would be like dead center in the middle, you know, of like mm-hmm. kind of represents both sides of the light and the dark If before we get to Star <laughs> Wars on it or anything. You know, like, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess just for kicks, where would you So yeah, what would you put on the two farthest ends of the spectrum? Like what's the most poppy light side and what's the darkest of darks? <laughs> well, I went boys. Well, I mean, boys don't cry just because it's a it's another three piece. So it's another yeah, you know, just bass bass layer. But I could you could even go with caterpillar or love cats. Yeah, if you go or, full career. or close to me, um, you could go close to me as like a new era, like coming intimate coming into it or in between days, one of the two. Yeah, um, yeah. But even but, those have like the darker side of lyrics, yeah. you know. So almost yeah. like Mint Car or Why Can't I Be You or something is where too my, long, yeah, too, yeah like on too that side of the extra poppy. <clears throat> and then, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think for like as as far as you know, poppy catchy goes. I mean, uh, boys don't cry. Just it, it's still 
it still sounds like it could have been written yesterday. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it, you know, but the lyrics it, like, are the, sad, though. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what they and are. That's, happy. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and the lyrics are sad. More towards the middle. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It would be more of an argument that that would be a good archetypal song, I think, if that's what you're saying. Or, yeah, yeah, well, yeah I mean, because, because, well, yeah, but it's sad lyrics in a, in a, in a poppy sound. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where a forest is like, Depressing lyrics in a in a it, depressing sound. It, it, yeah, in yeah, a depressing sound. Yeah, yeah. We have the same thing when it comes to like you know, uh, same deep. Uh, you know, all a lot of the stuff on disintegration, and then yeah. even sinking, and yeah. some stuff on. Uh, not a lot, I don't think. On uh, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. There's there's a there's a couple things here and there, but that's. That was seems like more of a pop album than anything, but like Wish, you can even pull some stuff on there. Um, yeah, you know, Letter to Elise could be in there. It's like a you know a pull off of that, but yeah, I think there. I personally think there's two different sounds that you can go with, and yeah. two different archetypal sounds that For I think sure. they build yeah. most of their music off of. Yeah, poppy or heavy. You to, know? Yeah, to it's say like, to say to say there's one on a band that has as much music as they have, I think is very fucking difficult. Yeah. Well, they're not the Ramones. Right. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, that's what I was going to say. Know. Unless you're that band that just has that formula that just writes those songs, right. you know, and they're by far not that bad. That's why, like, yeah. if we broke it down to, like, song versus sound, like, I didn't buy it as much for song because his writing is so diverse, especially if you look at the full perspective mm-hmm. of their career, you know, they do, you can't say a forest has really any connection to like mint car. Why can't I be, you know, but sound wise, you know, it is still got enough cure in there if you, but this article doesn't seem like it's getting all gear heavy where they're not really focusing on like the chorus pedals or the reverb and the, you know what I mean? No, it's not, no, but, yeah. but I think it's the main foundation of the song. Yeah. It, Meaning from a writing standpoint, it's okay, it's driving baseline. Yeah. I mean, it's the it it's the quintessential Robert Smith guitar lead. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've yeah. talked about this. He's the he's the guitar he's the he's the mediocre guitar player's god because even if you're not great at guitar, you can play their leads. They're very they're very simple and they're like secondary melodies. And what he does different is he uses one string and slides all the notes off one string. Therefore, you get an eeriness in between the notes as opposed to the cleanness yeah. of notes when you're hitting them without sliding. Like, <laughs> and, and the easier way where you wouldn't have to move your hand down. You know? So it's that, that's something that he continued to do throughout their whole career that I think, like, not meaning to, but ha- helped create uh, a sound that all their songs have because the way that you play certain notes will 100% change the sound. So he does that really, really well in that song. And that does translate throughout it, you know, so you have the driving baseline, you have those, that, those kind of leads. And that's something that they always kind of took with them through their career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even, you know, we've been saying yeah. the three piece sound, the fact that this starts from the beginning, um, and and the keyboards even being super just kind of simple keyboards from that, but even even though they get more elaborate as the career goes on, but there's always that eh, just kind of holding the chords a lot of times, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, what were you gonna say, Chaz? Yeah, 
my I think my biggest argument would be against even uh, against a forest and maybe even boys don't cry to a lesser extent is just the drumming um, and the way that has impacted yeah. the band ever since they got Boris. You're you're taking a third of the band kind of right. out of yeah out that of, that's the, that that's their biggest developmental instrument throughout their career right. by far is yeah. the drums yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. not not to sh- so, not to shit on lol but right. it, 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 and it, it is know, the to a certain yeah. degree it was yeah. probably the the plan up until about pornography and then you know was to keep the drums like that so i mean but yeah that's a huge point is that if if you're going by their sound it, it shifts drastically with each drummer even you know even when jason yeah. comes in you know it's definitely a whole other vibe in a sense he's like a mixture of kind of the both of of boris and a drum machine yeah yeah Whereas, yeah because you know, he does he, so. yeah because he is like a fucking human metronome that guy right <laughs> yeah but i i think the drumming opens up the creativity of the band yeah. um especially when it comes that's why i would argue like close to me or in between days over even boys don't cry as a poppier uh layout of of what what's to come yeah um, because I mean, we talked about close to me and how formative that is for the band going forward, and uh, and also their music videos too. I mean, if you if you take that into account too, with how quirky and weird it yeah, was, that shift. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, I, I even just like heaven yeah, too. That's yeah. I mean, it, I had kind of as a slot at the end of like, well, what would be better prototypes? And in a sense, especially if we're talking like you're saying, with if you think singles and stuff, you know, then like in a sense, just like heaven, I kind of would lean towards that because it is dark enough still, but it's poppy and is kind of the prototype. I mean, in a way, in between days came before it, but that one's but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. as far as just like I'm, heaven I'm, is like where can you take in between days a step further, you know? And I think it yeah. just like heaven is the step further because well so, it, yeah. but even with even with even, too, with, yeah. even with a prototype of the standard, you're gonna go above it and below it throughout yeah, in the other too. songs. So it's it's like what's that middle line? Right. What's that <laughs> that main factor? Because it is kind of like that factor with if you take in between days then you take it to just like heaven but then the next step would be pictures of you but that's a little more mm-hmm. leaning back to a forest with the long ass intro and it's a little more linear with the guitar parts and stuff and uh, yeah. and then if you take just even pictures of you a little too far to the next one you got letter to elise you know the other way i you could put a forest and then put you know a love song and make a connection all the way yeah. through that you know with sinking i don't know what you would put on from kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Yeah. And you know what's crazy too is more I think about it, you know, in this discussion, it is there <laughs> it is there a band that has more of an identity crisis <laughs> in their songwriting but yet still sounds like the same yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. the same band? That's, it's it's like yeah. <laughs> where they didn't reinvent themselves. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, they could reinvent themselves from side A to side B on one record. Yeah, it is. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, yeah, cool but frustrating. Yeah, I was thinking like of like. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of like if you said what's a prototype Echo and the Buddy Men song, you know, or Tears for Fear or Depeche you know, Mode, any other, yeah. you know, Depe- yeah, they're they're contemporaries of that era. You know, even you could do U two 
Um, yeah. And I feel like all those bands have a sound that you could track through their entire, like not as clear as the Ramones, right. of course, but like, <laughs> yeah. or even the Misfits or something like that. But like you could, um, like here it's like, I feel like there's two different directions that you can go yeah. with them. Um, and sometimes they'll meet. It's you know they'll they'll go yeah, like this, yeah, and sometimes yeah. they'll crash together, like with like letter release, right? And you know, or even so, pictures of you, like uh, we've said, where it's like if you're sad, yeah. then it can be a super sad song, but it can also get played in a the extended mix in a nightclub, and everyone's dancing to it, you know, <laughs> having a great time, yeah. you know. So I mean, it's yeah, it is pretty crazy, and that was definitely yeah. The they wall. make you they make you laugh, they make you cry, they make you want to dance, they make you want to yeah. punch a wall. <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I uh, yeah I the the yeah the only thing that bothers me is is taking out the drumming and I think if you uh, the drumming on the more sadder songs isn't as complex and like outlandish as the poppier ones yeah. so I can see a forest taking like that direction that yeah. path but like or I don't even vocally in the sense of like. You could oh, say, yeah, definitely. well, that's definitely the one, like we're saying, their music, if you put Mint Carr or a 13th next to Faith, you know, without vocals, mm-hmm. nobody would ever yeah. guess they're the same band, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. technically, <laughs> two people were the yeah. same. <laughs> but um, but vocals is what connects it everything. Robert's voice is so distinct, and you know what I mean? He could sing over anything, and it automatically becomes a Cure song in a sense, which sounds like it's diminishing the band but in the sense it's just that glue that put makes it a more cure song um but maybe that's what he means too with the forest in the sense that that draft drastic shift from the three imaginary boys post punky kind of you know kind of singing versus more uh but he doesn't like the thing with close to me um or even in between days is that the way he plays with his voice Yeah. Uh, unlike where he does with the sadder songs, where it's a lot more yeah, melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as his instrument, you know, his other instrument of of singing, um, I think you have a prototype where he's in on you know the top where he's playing with his voice yeah. more, and you know where he didn't do that really before. Right. So. So it's hard to say those are two direct. I'm kind of disagreeing a little bit more with this. <laughs> yeah, it's very, um, I, I went so, back and forth like 500 times too. Where I was just like, ah, yeah, but no, yeah. but yeah. Because you can't discount the drumming and you can't discount his his change in the yeah. voice. But I can definitely agree with the with the way he's playing the guitar. Now, now here's here's line. my question about the so that that statement was made to the Chicago Tribune during this current fest. Like when. I feel like that, I. That's a great point. I that's, cannot tell when yeah, he said this. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and that's huge. yeah, part that's that's a huge, huge part of it. I mean, if he said this, you know, in the fucking early nineties, uh, I mean, uh, then yeah. And you ask him that today, I don't know if his his answer would be the same. You know, so I'm like, yeah. I, I'm very, uh, I can't. Yeah, or was it right after like pornography or something where it's like, of course, yeah. at that point they shifted and it was a big turning yeah. point. So, yeah, but then it's like, well, there's a lot of the fucking turning boots. points. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a, yeah, it's a very uh, fucking windy road. <laughs> yeah, so it is interesting. And, uh, yeah, I wonder when that, because they don't say, and that's the problem with these kind of interviews. Like you're saying, he, could, he just said that he said it to uncut. So maybe that thing that was like, 
I don't know. But, you know, that was kind of what going back to the word choice and stuff, or maybe he is leaning more towards it's the most representative song. It, it seems to make a little more sense in that regards, like not so much thinking prototype. Every song is built off of this song and stuff like that. But if you think of it, if like if you had to pick one cure song to tell the encompass everything, you know, and that's kind of what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be the most representative one, you know, in a sense. No, because it doesn't... I think there's, yeah, I think there's three different types of characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's the ones like Donald that only like the depressing, right. slow stuff. So, yeah, that would be like there's the closest that, like, pop a mixture of both. you could give him. Yeah, like us. And then there's people that just like the pop stuff. That's Yeah, so right. it could be that so, that's, yeah, it could know. be that's the song that all the different fan bases of the different, errors all really agree on maybe yeah causing that like if you had the venn diagram the one song in the middle i don't think it would be a forest you don't then. think yeah. so i don't, I don't think because i don't think the poppy people would they would be like no i don't like this i think it would be more like boys don't cry would probably be the one that i think kind of because it's early enough where the where the sad boys yeah. will still be like, okay, you get the, <laughs> it's old. I can be with you it. Get the dark and mysterious you know, and then, in the lyrics, but not necessarily in the yeah. music. Yeah, but even know. when my even when my and kids were both discovering like really the cure, like on their own, not just like in dad's car, like uh-huh. you know where Elvis leans to, you know, close to me and in between days, you know, but still, the first time he heard a forest and today it's still on his rotation of songs. And the same thing with my daughter who really got into the Mm -hmm. cure because of burn, you know? Um, And, and then, but still she loves a forest, you know, it's like, it's interesting. Like it, you know, cause yeah, it is catchy enough to be a single still and poppy enough, you know? So, I mean, to a certain degree, well, you, you take burn and like, I like it, it is, you could do an archetypal to from yeah. a forest there, but you don't have the drumming right. and you don't have the complexity and you don't have the singing that, that Robert brings to it. But like, I could definitely, you could go from one to another yeah. and not skip a beat, yeah. but you know, I don't know. But if it's, you go a forest a weird... to love cats, you're like, what just happened here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the far end of the... But even a forest to like, you know, uh, mid car yeah. is a that's a jump too far for some yeah. people. Yeah, it's very pretty interesting. So yeah, it's hard to say what the you would almost have to pick three songs. You know, if you're trying to be like, all right, somebody's never heard the Cure. Here's this band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. It's like, or you know their preference. You know, if like you're saying, like uh, somebody that only likes the dark ones, you're not gonna give them Love Cats right out of the door, you know, or something. It's like, here's a forest, yeah. you know, so in that regard, it is the best one. Um, so so what would be the song that has the the darkness, the driving bass, the drumming, and the guitar work that... That's what I kind of thought know, just like Heaven would be the best, you know, just... That's, yeah. A little more... I just hate that it's like an 87, yeah. <laughs> you know... Well, or or Fascination Street. That's an eighty nine. That's like even further. Like <laughs> trying I'm just to go like later. I'm trying to go yeah. like I'm trying to keep it, you know. But I'm like at a five piece. Right. Like it's got to be somewhere off of, um, you know, head on the door. Yeah, yeah. In that regards, in between days or something would kind of represent 
both eras of the cure you know and the, the yeah. most because yeah it, it's tough because you don't there is such a drastic six shift. different ways is kind of two out there where it could be like on the top yeah kind <laughs> exactly of, you know even though a, a night like this is kind of can be a little dated yeah so yeah i don't know i think in between days would probably be the one that kind of combines all that with the lyrics the voice the drumming the bass line the relatively simplistic guitar yeah. work Compared, you know, what he can build off of it. Like, sure. I don't know. That's in fan But even with just like having an 87, that's really only about like 10 years into their career when you think yeah, of the it's full. Yeah, like, <laughs> so it's not like it's too late in the catalog. Yeah, or anything, I know. But at the same time, yeah, I see what you're saying, but it's kind of. Yeah. I'm just like, we, lo- we lost Donald's already. We lost yeah, all the Donald's. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> they might hang and on. And that's such a great uh, song for, that it's kind of like, yeah. even if you never listen to another Cure song in your life, you know, most people would still be happy to just hear just like heaven on the radio or something you know and be like yeah it's a good yeah, song yeah. you know i feel like there's yeah or you're getting <laughs> drilled by the dentist yeah, like, oh, this is great who's this man <laughs> funny you should ask yeah. uh, i have three different songs you need to listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, i guess kind of on those lines for a, a side patreon uh topic i did that stemmed off of the close to me what we did last time um I just did a quick ramble about what was the best uh, cure song to put on a mix for somebody. So it's kind of in the same ballpark of like if you're introducing them. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a loaded question though. Yeah. Is it it a friend you're trying to get into the cure? Is it someone you're trying to date? Is it, you know, (laughs) like it's, there's so, that's a loaded question, you know? So I, I left them with the general, so I won't tell my side. You have to subscribe to Patreon to hear my answer. But I want to hear you guys as if you had the scenario of somebody that just maybe had heard the greatest hits a couple times in passing, but didn't really know much about The Cure, mm-hmm. and you're giving them a mix. And so anything's fairly fair game, but you probably are like, they've probably heard Just Like Heaven somewhere, one of those yeah. kind of people. What song would you put? You had to put one Cure song on there for sure. So which would you choose, you think? I'm not giving the wrong impression to every, anyone, so I'm not putting like love song on anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, well, say there's no romantic ties. They're just a, a friend <laughs> that's cool, has good taste in music, but has just somehow missed the fucking Cure altogether, other than hearing the occasional single on the radio or oh, video man. on MTV. Hmm. <laughs> I almost want to be like I'd put too late, but like that's like that's like poppier. Yeah, I don't know. Oh man, because <laughs> then you have those kind of categories where it's like if they have heard a good chunk of the Cure, the B sides are always great because there's yeah, a like that Halo would be that. perfect. Yeah, but Halo the, or Exploding Boy. Or yeah, something. I was gonna say yeah. Halo. You just took mm. the words out of my mouth. I think that would be my one where I'm like, you probably haven't heard this one on the radio. You know, but yeah. to me, it's one of those, you know, it's, I feel like it's a defining song from a sound standpoint. Like it's got the, you know, the cool keyboard part. It's got the disintegration's like my favorite song. So like, and it's not <laughs> on the true. radio. Yeah. It's disintegration not would be another good one. And, but it's eight minutes long. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> all of side two. Yeah. Click. <laughs> So. Oh man, Halo's a great song. Uh, yeah, it might oh, be man. the most underrated. Yeah, it'd be good. Cure. I mean, yeah. Well, it's a yeah. B-side. Well, I love the idea that we're all kind of thinking B sides. I mean, what the fuck, bad? 
even exist where you, if you were trying to sort of introduce somebody to them, you would even be like, mm, I'm going to go with a B yeah, side. There, maybe, yeah, there are not too many bands yeah, that have that's pretty that, cool. Like, mega B side. Or honestly, you know, Burn is another one. Definitely or, one that yeah. makes it onto a shit ton of playlists um, or mixtapes that uh, uh, mixes that I would make for people. So Burn's probably up there too. Burn and Halo, I think, would be my two. Uh, yeah. yeah, those are definitely good. I, I mean, I would, I would love to say the Exploding Boy, um, or even Sugar Girl. Yeah, are two great B sides. Uh, but then you, you kind of be like, I, you kind of want to replicate it in another yeah. song, and I don't think they really did Exploding Boy Part Two yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, closest. Uh, is- in between days, and then you go down that rat, you know, yeah, rat hole. Like I, of, <laughs> like yeah, oh, even ed, ed, edge of the deep green like sea. You could give him something off a of halo. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, edge of the deep green sea is another good one, but that one, that one's yeah. another long one. Yeah, so if I was going to go with a long one, yeah, I yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but then, but then again, oh. I, I, I feel like any. <laughs> I'm going to say something fucking cocky. It's not even cocky, but. Anybody, anybody right. that would be worthy <laughs> enough of getting a mix from me would have to be cool with a fucking seven minute song anyway. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're talking yeah. some nerd <laughs> shit. That's very true. I'm gonna give you some fucking music nerd yeah. shit, like, <laughs> and you're gonna fucking like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd definitely have to go with disintegration. Be like, this song goes <laughs> yeah. through a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't like it, I fucking there. hate you. It's, it's it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, geez, this is a lot riding on this <laughs> <Yeah>. mix. <laughs> The lyrics, yeah. the voice, like it's everything <laughs> to me. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever even came up with a definitive answer. It was just for every scenario of like this person likes. Yeah, yeah, stuff. exactly. This person likes. Oh, yeah. This is someone you're trying to make <laughs> out like with. You can't really. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or even had made out with, and you're trying to move them back. Yeah, rekindle yeah, yeah. the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> we get down that hole. But yeah, it's a. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's as complicated as the prototype question, I guess, in the sense of you yeah. know, it's just a tough to do, probably for I don't know. It's like you're saying though, like a lot of bands you could trace it back to a very defining song, even if they have been around for forty years, forty plus years at this point. You know, it's like I think it is just a again a testament to how diverse their sound is and how they have evolved and reinvented themselves so much over the years. Where it's good that you can't just be like, yes, every because you, know, you could do it a lot easier if they had just ended it pornography you know and you're trying to sum mm-hmm. up those that first dark era or if you just wanted to sum up the the head on the door up golden era kind of thing you know it's like okay yeah but when you merge the worlds that's where it gets complicated yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, i mean no no nothing so. past <laughs> you know not too much past the last few records is making it on any of these conversations yeah yeah <laughs> i think those are all if you like them you like this at that point yeah. you know you're not yeah but they're good for if you go back to the mix idea of like if they like the cure but just haven't heard anything after wish you know there's plenty of yeah. people out there like that so then you're like you haven't heard underneath the right, stars yeah. you know and shit like yeah. that so yeah. it's, like, oh, it's shit, funny because okay. that's one i always <laughs> want to throw on a mix for people but i'm like no because i don't want them to jump to that record listen to it and go that's the cure <laughs> right. yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly. they're like holy shit you're no. like this is the one exception <laughs> yeah you got to put an asterisk by it 
Did you guys ever have to like write little notes on your mixtapes yes. to to explain? Yeah. Shit? Oh man, I would I would fucking yeah. write it on loose leaf paper and then have to fold it up and put it into the thing because I was like, I can't write it on this whole yeah. thing. Um, here. Yeah, <laughs> little liner notes to go yeah. for your. Well, mixtape. the worst is when it was the one yeah. that only had the one, but sometimes they had like a a three fold out so you could write more in it. Yeah. That was blank. Yeah. But you know the other ones, it was just like one the top side and the bottom side, and I was like, God damn, I can't. Yeah. yeah, it's so annoying. When you'd run out, you'd have to squeeze it in, and you're drawing arrows and shit going over to where side two yeah, really starts. Yeah, exactly, because then you also almost want to write which album it was on, you know, like not just the band name yeah. of the song or not just the song names, mm-hmm. and now you're like, fuck it. I, yeah, it's... The producer, <laughs> what year it came out. <laughs> well, actually, this is the amplifier they used on this recorder. Yeah, <laughs> like, Jesus, too much information. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very cool well cool i guess uh maybe we can wind down with that we don't have to beat the the archetypal horse to death (laughs) uh, but we're curious you guys out there what you what you think does this add up as far as the archetypal cure song or most representative cure song or just a good uh entry point if somebody has never heard the cure so in a sense yeah. Yes to all those, and in a sense, no to all those. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're back where we started. Yeah. Thanks for not getting then, in. Yeah, <laughs> feel free to drop which one would be your archetypal song on the Facebook page and get that going between yeah. everybody, you know? Like, curious, because it, it's, yeah, it's, again, I, I've still, I want to go like deeper and dive and try to find out like when he said this. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's the, that's the yeah. factor that dri- is yeah. driving my, my brain turning, you know? Yeah, I'll put that on my homework before this episode comes out. I'll try to track that down, and maybe I'll find Amy Ferrier and see what her opinion yeah. is <laughs> since she yeah. wrote this. Yeah. Find her on find her on. <laughs> Do X. you agree? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh wait, that's yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't go yeah, on that, yeah. man. That's some some dark web <laughs> shit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's on pornography, the album or the website. <laughs> <laughs> awesome cool well, thanks so much guys great to have everybody together Thank you. and uh i guess up next we got our halloween episode Woo! coming up so so stay tuned everybody out there and uh for now antonio charles Thank you. Why did I call you Charles? I guess I'm reading I don't your know. name. That's all right. Yeah. Ooh, you're in trouble. <laughs> you better go got, to your we room. We got real Jeff. formal here all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, Mom. Charles? <laughs> all right. I got, I'm going to go uh, let this coffee buzz wear off now. I'm talking real fast. Yeah. All right. Talk, talk hard. <laughs> <laughs> Right, again, a very big thank you to Chaz and Antonio and you guys for listening. I know this was a bit of a rambly one, kind of like a dog chasing its own tail here. Sometimes, you know, it's fun just to have these kind of cure conversations where you're at the back of the bar wondering. So maybe that was a problem. We weren't at the back of the bar. We, uh, we were in the morning there. So maybe a few more drinks and it would have made a little bit more sense, maybe. But... Hard to say. So thank you for uh, for weathering it with us. I, I'm curious to see where where your thoughts lay on Cure Archetypal sound slash song. So 
All right, we're going to wrap up as promised with a few Patreon promotions as we love to do. Our Patreon members are very talented people and love to make you aware of a couple businesses and projects they have going on out there. Tim is a loyal Patreon member and a member of New Waterloo, a company that owns and operates five hotels. You can find them in Austin, Texas at the South Congress Hotel, the Waymore's Guest House in Nashville, Tennessee, then zip on up to Baltimore at the Revival. And then you can zigzag all the way back to California, Merced, California and stay at the El Capitan and go back on home to Texas, Fredericksburg, Texas. By 2024, you'll be able to stay at the Albert. And of course, Scott Kruger is over at the Sarlacc Digest, the coolest Star Wars podcast you could ever wish for. Boy, did they put out a really great finale episode of the Ahsoka series. All the wonderful little details and great at theory crafting, as they call it, where they predict what is going to happen next. So, great show every Wednesday on YouTube, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, you can also catch the replays everywhere you listen to podcasts. And Dana is the one you want to get in touch with if you are in need of any kind of motion design or animation for your project or business. Just go check out graphics.tv. That's graphics with an X.tv. And you can check out some of her work there and see what she can do for you. October is here. Kate is working hard at wrangling all of the hashtag Curetober artwork that is being posted on Instagram. Each day, you are assigned a Cure song to inspire you to create any art, any level, any medium. Just hashtag it with Curetober2023 and be sure to tag Cure Arts collab in that post and you'll be good to go. And then, you know, reward yourself by going on over to curethreads.com, picking out some Cure-inspired original artwork by Kate herself on a wide range of quality products. Up in Calgary and want to check out a show, go to Dickens. DickensYYC.com will tell you all the upcoming shows and events as recommended by Lisa. And if you're further south, like Little Rock, Arkansas, and want to hit up a cool goth show, Club Nevermore is your spot. Jessica says, clubnevermore.com. That's going to tell you everything that's coming up. Check it out. The X Communication Station is a wonderful podcast hosted by our very own Chaz. Where they dig up all the bad, the worst, and the ugly of growing up in the church. You can catch them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, The Holy Hour, on Instagram. You can follow us at The Holy Hour Podcast and uh, follow that Facebook page. We'll post a picture of that little bunny that Rian threw up on stage at Robert Smith and all kinds of other great goodness to go along with this episode. And you're always welcome to email me directly at gavinconnor at gmail.com. Have some wonderful episodes coming up, including our Halloween episode up next. Till then, talk hard. <laughs> <laughs>